Welcome to Continuum, the International Business Council podcast, where each episode we sit down with an incredible member of the IBC community, dive in, and learn from their journey. This is John Fitzgerald, and welcome to another edition of Continuum, the IBC podcast. Today, our guest is Abby Johnson. Abby currently works at the University of Notre Dame. Abby, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Oh, more than welcome. This is going to be fun. So, Abby, let's let's start really quickly. Like, tell us a little about a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, and then get into kind of the education aspect, where you went to school. Sure. I grew up in a small town called Woodstock, Illinois. It is about an hour and a half northwest of Chicago. And you might know it because it is where the movie Groundhog Day was filmed. So that is our claim to fame. So I grew up in Woodstock. And when it was time to start looking for college, I was ready to get out of the Midwest. I luckily have an older sister. So as she was looking at colleges, I was looking as well. And she looked all over Illinois, Ohio, Wisconsin, and I was ready to go somewhere warm. I needed needed a break from the snow. So I looked in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Virginia, and really had a lot of options and wasn't exactly sure where I wanted to go. But I ended up falling in love with High Point University. It's a beautiful campus if you ever have a chance to check it out. And I wanted to first study education. I wanted to be a high school history teacher for a very long time because I come from a family of educators. But High Point also had a nonprofit leadership and management program, which was very enticing to me as well. Throughout elementary school, middle school, high school, and with my family, we did a lot of volunteering at different nonprofit organizations. And that calling to really help others was really what drew me to education in the first place, wanting to help young people do more in their lives and achieve more. And I really saw the opportunity to have that through having a strong and solid education. And so during my freshman year of college, I had the opportunity because of the education program at High Point to sit in and watch the class that I thought I wanted to teach. So a high school history class. And I quickly realized that is not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Uh, Education maybe wasn't the exact route, being a teacher, making lessons, pl- lesson plans, things like that. I have so much respect for them and still have many family members in that field. But I realized it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but also confirmed that I have this passion and desire to help people and to be able to make a difference in someone's life. So I changed my major to the nonprofit leadership and management program, and it was a perfect fit. So through that, learned a lot of the skills and information that you need to know to lead a nonprofit organization, which is very similar to most businesses uh, with a few unique distinctions. And then, yeah, that was my uh, high point journey to high point. 
So it, it, you you kind of changed really quickly into mm-hmm. your college career and, and changed your major and pursued that the nonprofit major. Then what was your first job out of college? Sure. My first job was working at a nonprofit organization in North Carolina called Guilford Education Alliance. And they helped to connect the business sector in the area with the public school system. There are a lot of different rules. Each business has its own rules on, you know, how they can donate money, how they can engage, things like that. So we helped to bring those two sectors together. We also had a program called the Teacher Supply Warehouse, where teachers could come and get supplies for free. So we did a lot of collection of supplies uh, through individuals and also through businesses. And then we're able to help teachers a lot at low income schools uh, have all the supplies they needed for their students. So I was there for a year or so. And through that time, we also had a we're engaging in a potential partnership with an organization called Say Yes to Education. And Say Yes works with communities around the country to bring together everyone who touches a young person's life in a public school to help that person get to and through some post-secondary, whether that be college, uh, certification, anything to, again, really enhance that person's life as they move into adulthood and then are also able to give back to their community. So Say Yes was start, their first chapter was in Syracuse and then it moved to Buffalo. And then the third community was Guilford County, North Carolina, which is where I was. So I was part of a group that was doing all the vetting and initial stages that Say Yes required in order to become an official Say Yes chapter. So that was a really neat experience to be part of something in the very initial planning stages and seeing all these people come together from the local government, the county government, churches, the school district, other nonprofits, businesses, people really coming together to say, what are the resources that we currently have? How can we leverage those more to make an even bigger impact? And then what resources do we need or what opportunities do we need to create in order to really change the trajectory of a young person through their educational experience. So how long were you with Say Yes to Education? So after I was with Say Yes in Guilford County, North Carolina for, I want to say almost two years, I was ready for a change. I was ready to do something different. And once the Say Yes chapter had launched, hiring really ramped up, the programming ramped up. Again, you really saw it become what it was supposed to be, which was great. But I felt like my time had passed. Like, okay, my job was to help get this going. And we did that. And so I was ready then for new people to take that on and see what it could really become. And so Say Yes then offered me a position in one of their headquarter locations, which was New York City. So moved to New York. Uh, the first time I ever visited New York was when I went looking for an apartment. So it was quite quite a change. 
but it was really exciting. Talk, talk to us about like that that whole transition, Abby, if you would, yeah. that you, you came from Woodstock, which I'm, I'm very familiar with Woodstock, like you said, a, a kind of a, an outer suburb of Chicago, go to a high point, which, you know, certainly it's a, it's a good sized city. Um, but then you walk into New York City proper. I mean, what was that like for you? I was excited. I was so ready for a change and to try something different that I really saw it as an exciting opportunity. And I always knew that I had the support of my family if I were to get there and it was awful and I hated it. You know, I could do something else and figure it out. But I really challenged myself to at least give it a year to experience New York. And it was definitely a shock when I was looking for apartments and moving from the wonderful townhouse I had in North Carolina to a 300 square foot apartment. You know, what am I getting myself into? But when you're young, I think you can do that, right? You can be flexible. You're not spending that much time in your apartment anyways. You're, you're working, you're experiencing all that New York has to offer. And so I'm really proud of myself for, I think, leaning in and going for it because I really did not know anyone in the city. I really just moved for work, but I had some great coworkers who welcomed me and, you know, showed me what New York could be and very grateful for them and, you know, making me feel in, at home in my new home, you know, from the beginning. So at what point, and I'm going to kind of like open this up a little bit, you went back to get your master's degree. So at what point did that start to, you know, be an idea for you? And then when did it become um, more of a reality? So Say Yes really graciously paid for continuing education. So knowing that I had that benefit and... I'm someone who loves school. I love learning and challenging myself. And so now that I had been working in the nonprofit sector for a little bit, I knew that a career was possible. I think working in a nonprofit field or telling people that that's what I was majoring in, that's the sector I was going into for work, I always got, how are you going to make money? And showing that hey, this is a career that I can make money in. I can live in New York City and do this. And getting to network with other nonprofit professionals really showed me that, you know, this is something that can be long-term and can look so many different ways. And so with that, I knew I wanted to continue to move up in my career. And so after being with Say Yes for another year or so in New York, I started looking around for master's programs. What was really important to me was that I could still work full-time and get my master's degree. So I started looking around New York City, New Jersey, Connecticut. The East Coast has so many great institutions and programs. And I was really torn between if I wanted to do MBA or look for a nonprofit focus with a public administration or public policy. So it took some time to really think about and reflect on what I was hoping to get out of this. And I decided on focusing nonprofit route 
because I was enjoying my experience so much and really thought that I could leverage what I'm learning in the classroom with then what I'm doing in my day-to-day job and be able to apply all my learnings right away. So once I honed in on the nonprofit route for education, I found the Notre Dame program, the Masters of Nonprofit Administration, and so much really stuck with me that made it clear it was the right program for for me. So it's part of Mendoza College of Business, which I thought was really important because nonprofits need to be run very similarly to businesses. And so having access to the professors and the resources in the College of Business was really unique compared to other programs I looked at. And I thought, just made a ton of sense. And then I was still able to work full time. So the program, you attend classes on campus in the summers for a total of up to 10 weeks. So I like that flexibility of you can take four summers to finish the program or you can finish it in two summers and then do classes online in the spring and fall. And the last part that I really enjoyed was the cohort model. So you start with your cohort of 25 to 35 people. And so you really get to know each other. And it really becomes your community for those first four weeks on campus that first summer. And just hearing their experiences, making that network Some days get really long when you're doing calculus for the first time. So having that really core group going through it with you has led to lifelong friendships and a network that you can keep going back to. So that's how I found out about the program and some of the key points that really led me to choose the M&A program and also now why I still recommend it. So when you look at, at where you are today, Abby, what are you passionate about? I mean, what, what motivates you more on the professional side? And you, you kind of already talked about like what, like that inner part that drives you, but just on a day-to-day basis, um, what continues to drive you? What continues to drive me is really helping people. So now working at Notre Dame, it looks a little different how I help people. So I work with all of the Notre Dame clubs around the world, which are all run by volunteers, alumni, parents, and friends of the university. And the job that I do and my team does, and all of us here at the Alumni Association, are really to support the alumni, parents, and friends. And so in my unique role, I get to help those who have raised their hand to say, I want to be a leader. I want to plan events for the Notre Dame family in my community. I want to communicate. I want to make sure people still feel connected to Notre Dame, even when you're 300 plus miles away. So I can provide resources. I can give updates, make sure they know what's going on. When there's a sticky situation, I can help, you know, find the solution for that. So I still... I am passionate about, and I still really get to do that helping others and finding a way to do that still 
is what I love about this job. And so very passionate about helping others and making a difference in someone's life. That's important to me. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, you're working in Notre Dame now. How long ago did you join Notre Dame? And like, what kind of motivated you, so to speak, to look for the opportunity at Notre Dame? And then talk about the transition from going from New York, say yes, to Notre Dame. Yeah. So when I finished the master's program at Notre Dame, or I should say when I first got into the master's program, I was Googling Notre Dame in New York and I found the Notre Dame Club of New York City. And I attended one of their monthly meetings. And so it was a great way for me to, one, meet people in New York. I will say even after living there for a year or so, it was hard to make friends. I I thought it was hard to make friends. Finding people in, you know, the biggest city sounds crazy, but everyone is so busy. There's so much to do, so much going on. So... I was struggling to find people. And when I joined the Notre Dame club, I instantly had a group of people that, you know, were inviting me to events that I could connect with, you know, hear about their Notre Dame experience and get excited about what I was going to see when I got to campus, things like that. So I took on a leadership role within the club. I became the secretary and then the vice president after that. And so becoming a club leader, I had access to folks at the Notre Dame Alumni Association, attended the annual conference that they have for volunteer leaders, and just got to know this this network, this breadth and depth of the unique Notre Dame network. And as I approached four four years at Say Yes in New York City specifically, I was ready to, you know, take all my learnings from the master's program and move up. And Say Yes at the national level is a really small organization. And so I knew it was time to start looking elsewhere um, and see what opportunities I had to really apply what I learned. So I started applying to jobs, some foundations in New York, other nonprofits, and really was planning on staying in New York longer. But the position of club's program manager opened here at the Alumni Association. And I thought it was appealing. I thought it was something different, again, that I could, you know, really challenge myself and it was Notre Dame. I think, you know, there's such an appeal uh, to be at Notre Dame and to, you know, continue your Notre Dame journey in a different way. So I applied for the position and I knew several people who would now be my coworkers. And so it was great to talk to them to hear, you know, what their experience was like and everything was so positive. And so I applied and was offered the position and accepted. It was also, I was ready to be closer to family. I'd been away from family for several years. So I was excited to be closer to family, uh, but not too close, but closer. Uh, so, so yeah, with all of that, I said, 
I'm taking the job. And I also knew, again, I kind of had this one year thing, which I said to myself when I moved to New York, you know, New York will always be there. I will give Notre Dame a year and see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, I'll find something else. But here I am three and a half years later. So (laughs) fantastic. That's great. So if you had the chance to talk to that, that young Abby at, at High Point University today, what would you tell her knowing what you know now? What would I tell my college self? I would say to keep following my passion and to trust myself. When I got all of those questions of, well, how are you going to make money? How are you going to do this? How are you going to afford to travel? I answered uh, very confidently, oh, I can make money. I'll make money. But I didn't exactly know what that looked like (laughs) or what that meant. But just really trusted myself and challenged myself to, you know, take advantage of every opportunity. I wasn't required to do internships like over the summer for college, but I wanted to really see different experiences. So I think I did like four internships over the summer just so I could get experience at different types of nonprofit organizations and see what their management structure was like. How did they, you know, have their day-to-day operations? And so through that, really honed in on the types of organizations that I wanted to work for, the type of leader that I thought I would work, you know, best with. And so to keep taking advantage of those experiences is something I would tell myself and others, you know, try something. And if it doesn't work out, there'll be another opportunity, but to keep trying and to keep going and keep following my passion and to take risks that it's okay. (laughs) It it will work out. Okay. So my, my last Notre Dame centric question, what's your favorite place on campus? My favorite place on campus is definitely the grotto which sounds cheesy, but I love the grotto. I, especially during COVID, so I moved to South Bend in November, 2019 and did not know anyone. I had a few people who were in my cohort who worked on campus. But other than that, I was again, moving to a place where I really didn't have that community already. And so I moved here. Everyone was very welcoming. But pretty soon in, you know, November, football season's finishing up. We go on Christmas break. And then we all know what happens in early 2020. So it was definitely a different experience. But every we stayed so connected and still had the opportunity to connect on Zoom way too frequently, but still made me feel like I really got to know the place. But it was also during that time that we were also separated. But no students were here. So campus was really quiet. And so being able to take walks uh, to the grotto and just have a moment, you know, being at the grotto by yourself rarely happens. So having some moments at the grotto by myself to pray, especially just during such an uncertain time, 
And I, I did get a puppy during the pandemic. And so walking with her was just the right amount to the grotto to then turn around and come back uh, before she got too tired. So I love the grotto. And I think it's, yeah, always just that special sacred place. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I want to change topics a little bit and talk about leadership. Yeah. Can you name a person, Abby, in your life who's had a tremendous impact on you personally uh, and professionally? Could be two different people, could be the same person. And, you know, why and how did the person or people impact your life? Great question. I, I always hold my mom in high regard as a great leader. She worked in public school education and started off as an English teacher then became a guidance counselor and then a high school principal. And so growing up and seeing her in such a leadership position was really inspiring to me. She always put her students and the teachers and other faculty first and I think that's what really resonated with me and still resonates with me around helping others. She always was there for her students and worked the long hours to go support the students at the athletic events and the art shows and and all of that. So really just seeing that passion and care for others has resonated with me. And then on a work perspective, I've had a great opportunity to have so many female leaders throughout my career journey so far. And so that's been great to see and a really strong inspiration for me to see like, yes, I can be at that level. And, but I will say the one, the one who sticks out to me the most, like in this moment was my first supervisor when I was an intern with Guilford Education Alliance. And then she ended up hiring me uh, for my first job out of college. But she, she oversaw the teacher supply warehouse and a lot of the programs. And so again, that kind of selflessness to serve others. And I know the teachers need more paper. So we would go to Walmart and buy just all the paper we could get. And she would just go above and beyond probably what was, you know, expected. And you really saw the gratitude for that from these teachers who were able to have a classroom full of supplies at the beginning of the school year. And she also was unapologetically herself. And that's something that has stuck with me. I think when you're starting off in your career, you let, you wait to see kind of how other people react to you and and what the office dynamics are and then adjust. But she really was herself and shared her opinions and made sure I felt comfortable doing the same. And so that's always been something that I've thought about where if it doesn't, if a situation doesn't seem like it's on the right track, that it's okay to speak up and share, well, based on my experience, or here's my opinion. And then you know, like you've done the right thing. So I really appreciate her for 
you know, sharing, letting me see, see that very early on in my career. Abby, it, at this point, you know, still, from my perspective, you're still really early in your career. What do you do to ensure that you continue to grow and develop? I mean, I, I know you said you have this passion for learning and whether it's helping other people learn or yourself learn. Um, you've already gone back to school to get your master's. I mean, what do you do to continue to challenge yourself to learn? I really enjoy reading and I'm not going to remember names off the top of my head, but finding, I have a rule where I do a, a fun book, as I like to call it, and then an educational book. So something that's talking about leadership or values. And so I like to continue my learning that way through reading. Notre Dame also has great opportunities for human resources classes and a lot of those are for, you know, professional development focused. And so I'm always taking advantage of those opportunities. So, you know, learning MBTI or we have one here called Better Conversations Every Day. And I'm now a table coach for that. So I went through the training and then just resonated. It resonated so much with me on how impactful and important conversations are in the workplace, but also in your personal life. And so now I'm a table coach, so I get to help others have better conversations every day. But I also walk away reminding myself about something or learning something new every time I do that. So taking advantage of the training opportunities and reading. And one thing I was really intentional about this year was meeting with people from different departments on campus. I think so often we get lasered in on like what we're working on, how busy we are, what needs to get done today. But connecting with other people, especially in our environment where collaboration is so key, reaching out and just hearing what other people are working on. You never know what opportunities might pop up on a professional level, but also on a personal level. And so I made a list of departments that I wanted to connect with and then kind of looked into, you know, who who can I start off with? And just reached out to people and said, I would love to learn more about what you do and set up coffee dates and lunch dates. And when it's nicer, we can do walking, um, walk and talks. So that's another way that I found that I've learned a lot more about what I want in you know my career, what other opportunities are out there, what fascinating things people are working on. And so just talking with people has been a new way, I would say, that I discovered that I can keep learning. So, Abby, I want to switch a little bit and talk about the IBC, which is really why we're having this conversation. So the, the IBC is the Alumni Association of the SIBC. SIBC has chapters at the University of San Diego, Benedictine College, and that's in Kansas and Notre Dame. And while you weren't involved in the SIBC, now being at Notre Dame, having gone to grad school at Notre Dame, I, I'd love to get your take on the IBC mission, and that's to create a world where the business community acts as a principled force for the common good globally. And just kind of your background, because you've kind of bridged it both, nonprofit, 
and business. Like, what's what's your opinion on that mission, and and how how can we, as me, our listeners, achieve that? I think it's a powerful mission. I think it's an empowering mission and one that I'm glad the members are challenging themselves to because I think it's so important. And I think we've continued to see that become more and more true throughout the years as people are expecting some sort of good or giving back or community impact from so many of our businesses. And so figuring out what that means and what that looks like, I think is a unique challenge, but also a huge opportunity. And I think that people in business are in a unique position to think about all the resources available from time talent, and treasure and see how their business can be that, what we like to call a force for good in their community or in the world, depending on, you know, what their business is. So I think there's so many opportunities and it doesn't have to be, oh, just write a check, you know, for a nonprofit what does your business do or what are your employees like that can really make that impact? Maybe it's doing pro bono work or being an advisor, serving on board of directors. One program that I thought was really impactful through Guilford Education Alliance was being a teacher for a day. So people from the business community CEOs, executive directors, leaders, uh, raise their hand to say, okay, I'll be, it was always principal for a day. My apologies. I'm going to be a principal for a day. And so we would make matches and assignments and say, okay, the, you know, CEO of this bank is going to be the middle school principal for a day. And the stories we would hear after that running around, you know, following up with the students, having to call parents, all those things that happen in a school day, uh, what now these business leaders are experiencing, help them to see what is really going on in our schools, how they need strong leaders, how they need resources to keep the school going, how they need people there to connect with the students. So I think it opened a lot of eyes to how much can be done that isn't just writing a check, but really you can make a difference in so many different ways. So I think businesses have a unique opportunity to identify those areas where they can make a difference and then help move our world you know, forward to be in a better place. I, I want to go back and I want to talk about more specifically what, what you currently do. And, and while you talked about it, it, it I want to twist it a little bit. So at Notre Dame, you're involved with the various clubs, the, the alumni association clubs. And, and regardless if you're from Benedictine, San Diego, or Notre Dame, can you talk about, from your perspective, the benefits of being and staying involved with 
your alumni association. You're, you're, and Notre Dame is different. It's a bigger school than the other two. Um, there, there's a heck of a history from the local alumni association clubs, but just kind of talk about the benefits of being involved in your alumni association. There are so many benefits from staying involved and connected to your alumni association. I feel like I've said opportunities many times, but I'm going to say it again. There's so many opportunities that you never know if there's a leadership position or a board position, and you get to see the inner workings of what's going on and have a chance to be a decision maker and to have influence on real things and programs at your alma mater and to be a part of that, to bring your expertise and experience and share, hey, you're working on your strategic plan. I just did that in my organization. And here are three things I learned. Things like that are so valuable. And so Notre Dame is especially unique in that the Alumni Association, we're not asking you for your money. We're asking you for your time and talent. So we want you to get involved with your club and be a club leader, help to organize events that bring the Notre Dame family together because it's the strength of our alumni parents and friends network that keeps Notre Dame so strong and makes it true when we say it's not for four years, it's for ever, or it's for 40 years. And it's because of the clubs, our classes and our groups that that really becomes true. And Notre Dame is able to reach so many people because we have 266 clubs around the world. Notre Dame faculty and staff can't reach all of these places. And so having the alumni, parents, and friends around the world go out and do community service on behalf of Notre Dame and in Notre Dame's name spreads the awareness of all the good things going on at the university. Abby, if you had a chance to talk to the the students who just graduated from undergrad in, in the past month, and this group of, of graduates has this strong desire to make an impact on the world, but don't know where to start, what would you tell them? I would say start with your club. <laughs> I'm the club proponent. Uh, so if you have a club, I would start there because there's probably already an infrastructure for you to do so. If that doesn't appeal to you, if you have one friend even, but even a few friends, sit down and say, hey, let's volunteer at this organization. What is something you're passionate about? Is it the environment? Is it education? Is it civil rights? Identify those areas and then just start Googling organizations or initiatives in your area and have conversations. All of those executive directors or or staff will be open for a conversation And then you can learn more. What do they really need? Do they need someone to help with their social media? Do they need one person for one weekend to pick up trash on the side of the highway? Have conversations to see how you can make a difference and then what aligns with your interests. Is it serving on a board? Is it being a big brother, big sister? There's so many opportunities out there and so many different ways that you can engage 
And so I really encourage reaching out to those organizations that exist and having conversations to see what will be most impactful. And then you know you are making an, an impact and it aligns with your passion and interests. What do you think it takes to have a great, meaningful life? I think, I think it takes believing in yourself to have a great and meaningful life. I think you need to believe in yourself and then follow, follow your passions, follow your heart, follow your mind on what's calling you. So, so far in your life, what are you most proud of? I am most proud of taking the risks to move to places where I didn't know anybody and really lean in for a new adventure. Okay, my last two questions. I'm going to make you go back in your mind really far. When you were in fourth grade, what did you want to do? I'm going to go back a little further and say in preschool, I told the teacher that I wanted to be a red bird. Really? Okay. So I was very, very creative in preschool and wanted to be a red bird. But then by fourth grade, I wanted to be a teacher. And you kind of started pursuing that, kind of made a slight change, but that's great. Yeah. Um, And my last question, if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? Hmm. That is a good question. I would, I would change or I would, I would encourage people to be more open-minded and to be curious about each other and our cultures and our ways of life and our different ways of thinking. I think when you're curious and open-minded, it allows so much more to come about. New opportunities, new ideas, new innovations all come when you're curious and open-minded. Perfect. Abby, thank you. I truly appreciate your time today, and I wish you the greatest successes moving forward. Thanks, John. Thanks for reaching out. You are more than welcome. If I can any help, let me know. I appreciate that. Thanks. Have a great day. All right. You too. Thank you for listening today to Continuum the IBC's podcast series. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. And for more information about the IBC, visit our website at ouribc.com. That's just O-U-R-I-B-C.com. Thanks.